Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him. And more El Ghazi! 3 0! Emphatic! Triore with Watkins available. Triore just passes it into the corner. Big moment for him. Here's Douglas the Wee, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins, 1-0 Villa! Villa's a big clap mate, so... Hello and welcome back to Gather Around the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by undragaslitlamp.com in association with Manscaped. Today we shall be looking back over the, the Brentford match as well as weighing up Villa's transfer window and outlining what we think our expectations might be for the season ahead. I'm Andy and today um, a warm welcome back to Craig who's on his 26th podcast in a row I believe which is quite some commitment so thanks thanks again for joining me Craig. Oh my pleasure 26 to number worn with distinction by Villa legend Jonathan Codger. Uh, my old prince, um, he was my baby boy before Anwar was, although I still love you, Anwar. And obviously, John Terry came in and usurped him, stole that number mercilessly. Um, and then uh, Codger got injured. Um, those things may not be related. But anyway, it's good to be back and uh, ready to talk all things Aston Villa. Uh, the result against Brentford and, of course, the closure of the transfer window, which is happening as we speak Yes, certainly is, and we'll get on to some uh, transfer talk, um, and we'll 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 have a have a look back at our, our summer business um, later on in the podcast. Um, but we were we were back at Villa Park on Saturday um, as another full house. That that forty two thousand, beg your pardon, were in attendance for the visit of our perennial bogey team, Brentford. Before the match, rumours were abound on social media about several players who might be missing through injury or COVID protocols. And indeed, when the team sheet was was came out, it was without uh, Captain Tyrone Mings, Vice-Captain John Terry, John Terry, John McGinn, and <laughs> <laughs> you throw me completely. And uh, of course, Jacob Ramsey was missing out as well because of COVID. Twan Zabia, Matt Target came in um, and there was a first start for 17-year-old Carney Chukwameka, as Ollie Watkins also returned to the bench. It seemed it, it wouldn't be a Villa match day without some sort of trauma leading up to the game beforehand. Um, but would you say, you know, although there were some negatives, you know, there were some definite positives that came out of this team selection? Yeah, I think the, the big one you, you've already mentioned there was the, the first start and debut for Kani Chukwamenka, who, um, you know, we all have really, really high hopes for. Um, I think probably his first Premier League start came a little before um, we expected it to and probably before he expected it to because we did have a real last-minute uh, problem with three players you probably would have started in terms of Tyrone Mings and um, John McGinn and Jacob Ramsey, as you mentioned, all falling away for one reason or another. So I think that's the big positive. But I also do think that, um, and we'll get into this probably in more detail, that we do have a stronger overall squad now than we did last season. Yes, we're missing our, our former captain and former star player. Yes, we haven't necessarily made the signings that some of us would have liked to have made. But I think overall, you know, if we had lost all these players last season, you know, it would have been really the dregs. You know, Elmo may have been playing up front. It, it, it would have been that bad. So I think 
there are some positives to be to be to be had, and I think that the, uh, it was really a, a Villa team missing five or six or seven key players, and they, um, you know, they 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 for my money should have beat Brentford. So that's the positive that I think the squad overall is is stronger. And for anyone worrying about that team on Saturday, um, you will never see that first eleven lineup for Aston Villa again. <laughs> it's never going to happen. So, no, I mean it did. It did feel like um, you know a, a bit of a disaster, really. You know, that obviously you hear the rumours, but you sort of think, well, maybe maybe not. And then more and more rumours started. I, I heard I heard rumours about Wendia and Ings being out because of COVID, and and you sort of think. Is this game actually going to go ahead? But of course, in the end, it, it was kind of the the main ones um, that we mentioned. And you know, f- for me, you know, obviously there was there was Carney coming in in midfield, which was very exciting. Um, but also great to see Axel Twanzebe, um making his first league start um, of the season, first first um, game at Villa Park for 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 an awful long time, and. And also Ollie Watkins returning to the bench, who who I thought, um, you know, that gave me a little boost just 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 to see him there as well. So, you know, that 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 was great, you know. But, but I mean, Villa started pretty slowly and and were punished for some uh, quite sloppy marking um, as the ball broke and eventually found Ivan Tony, um, and he he dispatched, you know, very 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 comfortably. Before sort of strangely doing a, a Zulu sign in front of the Holt end, which was quite amusing, um, being there in the stand as he did that it was a bit bit random. But this this felt a little bit like the the Watford match, sort of the start of that game with the, the Villa defence slow to react and and looking fairly disorganised. Um, is it fair to say that there are some concerns about the defence at this point, um, or is it simply? Early season, season, teething problems, and a, a result of missing sort of per, key personnel. I think it's a combination of things, Andy. But I, I, I do have concerns about the defence. I was upset with that goal. Um, it was a crap goal to concede. You, uh, you just don't leave the star player of Brentford, a man who scored, I think, close to forty goals last season in Ivan Tony. You just don't leave him unmarked on the penalty spot. It's, you just don't do it. It's just really as simple as that. There's no excuse. I'm not going to apologise for anyone um, because even though, yes, there were some changes to the back line and, yes, there were some changes to the team, if there's one man on that Brentford side, you don't leave unmarked, it's him. Douglas Louise also probably has a, a question to answer about uh, about uh, you know not blocking the original cross. Konza's kind of been duped by Pontus Janssen, who's turned into prime Maradona and done a round-the-corner back heel or something. But again, none of that should have mattered because someone, anyone, I don't know if it's Ashley Young's responsibility, I don't know if it's Matt Cash's responsibility, I don't know who, I'm not going to pin the blame on a person, but you cannot do that. And if we do that against Chelsea uh, in a couple of weeks' time, with the likes of Lukaku, the likes of Havertz, the likes of Mason Mount the likes of, well, you know, we, we don't need to list all their players, then it won't just be a 1-0. It, it'll be an absolute hiding. We have to get the basics right. I said, I begged, I begged last week on this show, I begged for a clean sheet. I said, let's park the bus, let's play negative, let's keep a clean sheet because you always back our forward players to grab a goal. And we saw that with Buendia's beautiful goal, which we'll talk about in a minute. 
We didn't do it. And it's the same thing against Watford. If we kept clean sheets in those games, because all of those goals, probably apart from the one that uh, went in the top corner from the Watford lad, but all of those goals were completely preventable from an Aston Villa standpoint. And if you don't concede those goals, we're sitting here with nine points on the board, feeling a lot better than we feel with four. So it all starts with the defence. Our success last season was started with defence. And it's just not, it's not good enough. I don't care who's on the pitch, whether it's Hawes, even if it's the young lads, uh, Swinkles and Bogard. I don't care who's on the pitch. You don't leave their star player unmarked from a, a corner, for goodness sake, on the penalty spot. Unforgivable for me, Andy. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I tend to agree with that. It was quite a surprise um, seeing him sort of pop up on the penalty spot, um, you know, with the freedom to just kind of pick his spot, really. And obviously, you know, we talk about Martinez in another context a bit later, but um, I think there are one or two um, sort of creeping doubts about about Emmy Martinez as well. He had no chance with that with that goal. There's no no blame attached to him whatsoever for that goal. But I do feel that um, he's not been quite the assured presence um, in in goal that I I expected. Just a few things, you know. Um, obviously, the the rashness um, coming out and, and clattering Wilson. Um, well, that was an assault. Like, that was a, that was an yeah. assault, wasn't it? Let's be honest. He, yeah. If he got sent off for that, we couldn't have complained, could we, Andy? Well, no, it, it, it very much could have been a sending off, and I think years ago it would have been before the um, they stopped that that dub, double jeopardy. Really, um, I wondered whether you know once they'd um, once they'd taken the, the the penalty away for the offside. Whether they'd go back and say, "Well, actually, that was a that was a red card challenge," um, because it's not a penalty, they can give the red card. But but um, they, they obviously didn't just left the the yellow card. There, there was that, and obviously the first goal at Watford was a bit, you know, one that that he'd like to do better with, I think. And then just occasionally, when when he when he has the ball, you know, I, I feel like he's he's very hesitant to to release release the ball and, and get the get the attack moving at times. Um, I'm not sure if that's something that's that's come across um, to yourself, Craig. Whether whether you're at all concerned about Martinez this season? I'm not. Uh, the, the the Watford goal was poor. Uh, well, actually, saying that he's made a mistake every game now. Thinking about it, Andy, you've 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 turned me. Yeah, the the the, the first Watford goal is not a goal. I, I think he, he he should have conceded. But again, you kind of give him slightly the benefit of the doubt because he had just literally arrived back into training. I think he had one game against Lernatana and then he's into the Premier League. You know, he didn't even have a, a, a pre-season after being away, obviously, with the successful Argentina side at the Copa America. And then Newcastle, he's done that assault on, on, on Wilson, which, is, which we and he were lucky to get away with. And then he, uh, he got mugged by the, um, by, the, uh, by the midfielder there for uh, Brentford, uh, who's knocked it in. You know, it, it was the, like the old Robbie Keane goal that was allowed back in the day for Coventry, where he's just robbed it off the keeper from a... From a Who's, who's kicking it out now? For me, I know, I know, I know that that was dis, disallowed correctly. But for me, you know, I, I, as a football fan, if I take my Aston Villa glasses off, I want to see those goals given. I think if you're cute enough as an attacker, he didn't foul him, he didn't touch Martinez, he nicked the ball off his toe, and he's put it in the back of the net. You know, I think that should have probably been two one, two one Brentford. Although obviously the rules say otherwise. So, but even allowing that to happen speaks to perhaps that Martinez hasn't been able to fully get his head in the game and that maybe, um, you know, it's going to take him a lot more time. But having said that, you know, he's gone again, isn't he now? So 
by the time he gets back from international duty, he's going to be uh, jet lagged and and locked in a hotel with COVID protocols or who knows what. So it's not necessarily like he's going to be a hundred percent when he when he eventually arrives back to us either. No, that's true, and and obviously we're going to perhaps come on to that and have a little talk about that in a in a bit in terms of the Argentina squad. But um, yeah, I was saying I'd forgotten about that 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 particular incident um, when he had the ball taken off him and I'm, I'm a bit like you I was a bit confused why it wasn't why it wasn't given really but um, obviously there are rules there to um, to perhaps protect goalkeepers in in that instance which I was quite pleased um, about at, at, at the time but I mean Villa, Villa weren't behind for, for too long um, as two of the uh, the big summer signings combined with, with Ings playing in Emi Buendia who turned neatly and fired a, a wicked shot from 20 yards um, past the Brentford keeper. It was an excellent way for the, the Argentine international to open his Villa account and proved um, to be the goal that got Villa the point in the end. Um, we haven't discussed Buendia um, too much this season um, as he's been sort of somewhat peripheral in, to- in terms of the matches so far. Um, but this was possibly his best game coming off the coming in off the off the right hand side and also working effectively off the ball. I thought, how do you think he's he's actually settling in and 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 what more do you think there is to come from him? Uh, hopefully, a lot more. Um, I think he was. I think we left him alone. Um, you know, because I think we gave him a bit of a free pass as a new signing in in a new team, which um, had a, had a bad preseason. All the stuff we've already talked about. So. I think he was one of our worst players against Watford, Buendia, uh, which I can say now um, because he, did, you know, he's, he's he's kind of redeemed himself at this point. Um, he was better against Newcastle, but he wasn't. You wouldn't say he played well. He was he was steady. There was a couple of flashes, um, but against Brentford, we started to see some of the real flair and close control, and he's kind of doing the unexpected thing, like his goal was magical. I mean, first of all, you think as, a, as, a, as any kind of forward or attacking player, you get the ball played in from Ings. Lovely interplay there, by the way, between Ings and El Ghazi. El Ghazi, my beautiful baby boy, I think played really well against Brentford. Lovely little interplay then between the two of them. Ings feeds it into Wendia, and you're expecting him to open up his body and, and curl one first time into the top corner or take a shot. He doesn't. He does a weird little turn around the corner, turns his back to goal, and then, which completely bamboozles the defenders. One of them falls over. Matty Cash, credit to him, does an, an overlapping run which draws another defender uh, away. And then he's absolutely spanked one into the top corner. The keeper can get nowhere near it. And you're like, oh, wow. You know, that is really hard to do. Villa have not had many players that, that can score that kind of goal in recent years. We've certainly had players who could take a shot from there, or scuff it wide, or make it send it sailing over the bar. But for him to have the poise on the edge of the area there, I mean, that's not a tap in by any means. That's a very, very good goal. And he's put it way in the corner where a very good keeper in Raya, the Brentford keeper, could not get near it. So, and it wasn't just that. There was a couple of other touches. Um, he he seemed to want less time on the ball, which was a criticism I think from the first couple of games. He was releasing it a little bit quicker. He seems to be getting more familiar with his uh, with his surroundings and I think that um, there was there were certainly flashes against Brentford that uh, Buendia can be a really big big player for Aston Villa and I'm really excited to see him 
continue to set up. Well, he's another one who's away with Argentina. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm excited to see him settle in and, um, and begin to take on the mantle as the new number 10. Um, because that's a lot, a lot of pressure for him. We haven't spoken about it. You know, that, you know Buendia is Aston Villa's club record signing. And not only that, he switched from the number 20 shirt, which he had a re- uh, earlier, to take over um, Mr. Grealish's number 10 shirt. So to wear that shirt, you know, that's a heavy shirt in Aston Villa's recent history. So um, I'm excited to see what Brendia is doing and, and, and I'm excited for what he can become. And I'm also excited to see him paired with some of the, some of the better players. I mean, you alluded to it earlier, Andy, with, with Ollie Watkins on the field, things started to look different straight away. So... I think so far, what would you say for Brendier? I'd say poor first game, average second game, good third game. So he's, he's, he's on an upward trend, which is good. Yeah, and that's all you can ask, really. I think, I think he's struck me as one of these players, and I think a lot of forward players are, are like this, where they come into a new club, um, and particularly if they are taking a bit of a step up, as he is, um, you know, that it's, it's almost like they... They they just want to get through the get through the game, do some simple things. If they get the opportunity to do something, um, you know, really special, then they will obviously. But you know, it's just about kind of feeling their way in really and finding out, you know, a bit about the the, the pace and the and the and the, you know, the the impact that they can have, I guess, um, with with their skill set. And um, I think we're seeing that with um, a little bit with. Um, with Grealish at, at Man City as well, you know it's that type of just just feel your way in, feel your way in sort of thing. Whereas, as fans, we're looking at him going, well, he's Grealish's replacement. Buendia is here to replace Jack Grealish, and you know we're not seeing it. We're not seeing the same thing, and and of course that's incredibly harsh. That's an incredibly harsh. None of the other um, forward players have that kind of, uh, or none of the other signings have that kind of pressure on them, do they? And you know he he isn't there solely to replace um one man he's he's there to to be his own his own player and and to to help the team in his way and of course you know we need to see more more from him um but he's not going to be necessarily the 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 be all and end all as 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 Grealish was for us previously and so go on I agree. I think I was quite smart from Perslo as well in that interview he did, uh, which everyone will remember uh, uh, just after the Grealish sale. You know, he came out and said there is no replacement for Grealish because we can't replace him. And Dean Smith has said the same thing. He said we have these three players in in Buendia, Ings, and Bailey, um, who across the three of them we believe are going to replace what Jack Grealish brought. Bailey, I think, with the dribbling, Ings with the goals, although, you know, Grealish was never, ever prolific for, for Villa, so I think maybe that's a slight, um, you know, that's that's a slight bad comparison there. And uh, Buendia with the, with the you know, with the, with the shot creation and the chance creation, and what we saw with Buendia in, in the Norwich uh, team that got relegated two years ago when we stayed up by the skin of our teeth was, uh, Buendia was creating a phenomenal amount of chances. We haven't quite seen that just yet, but again, I think that um, I think that I think that we will, and I think that you know, as I said before, Dean Smith's teams will always score a goal. I'm not worried about the creative players. I think we're only going to get better with Watkins and Bailey and Traore to come back. How could you not get better moving forward uh, in terms of the attack? What I'm worried about is keeping out the other end. I am committed <laughs> to clean sheets. Aston Villa were committed to clean sheets last year. But so far, 
this season it doesn't look like we are committed to clean sheets and that as we talked about earlier is a concern yeah absolutely you mentioned there you know with Buendia at Norwich as well and you know I think it's it's worth remembering that yes certainly in their seasons in the championship Norwich were completely dominant um, and you know maybe I'm not saying it's it's easy at any level but it's probably a little bit easier for Buendia to look really really good in in that Norwich team because they were so dominant um, whereas now he's coming into a side where he's perhaps got to he's perhaps got to do he's got to earn the right maybe a little bit more to 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 run games and you know I'm sure he'll get to that level he's 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 got all the ability you know and he's got all the um he's got the character as well I'm I'm impressed with his character I'm impressed with his running um he's certainly a team player and and um I think he's he's going to be a real asset for us um you know as we as we move forward or well, let's let's hope so anyway but now of course um you know we break up now for the for the international period um after that game we've got two weeks off now before um we visit chelsea um tyra mings of course has has linked up with with england and they're assessing his rib injury which which kept him out of the brentford game um but the big talking point of course has been the two argentine players uh, emmy martinez and emmy buendia travelling to play for Argentina, um, which is co- currently on the government's red list in terms of COVID. Um, and this means that they could not only miss the Chelsea game, as Argentina um, have a match scheduled for the day before, but will also be subject to a quarantine on their return, meaning that they'll be unavailable for the, the Everton home match on the 18th of September at least. So Villa released a statement saying that it had been agreed that both players would miss that third match the day before the, the Chelsea game, meaning that they would then have their quarantine done and out of the way by the time uh, we play Everton the week after. And so they'd only miss the one match and that seemed to be a, a reasonable kind of agreement. Um, however, I've seen one or two things which suggest there might be a doubt um, in terms of that agreement. Um, it just seems like a, like a mess really in international football and club football as always dovetailed reasonably well um, obviously these two players are desperate to play for their country part of the reason they're probably at Villa is to is to put themselves up uh, the pecking order and it's, it's certainly helped Emi Martinez as he he played for um, played in the Copa America and won the Copa America in the summer um, but with two further international breaks before Christmas um, and nothing changing in terms of the red list um, at the moment what what are your thoughts on this, and, and where does the solution lie if there is one? Well, it's an absolute uh, cluster muck, um, which I think I can say safely. Um, it's dicey, dicey territory. It is a minefield. You're not only getting into uh, football, you're also getting into international politics. You're getting into um, uh, pandemic management. You're getting into science. You're getting into all kinds of different waters here. So now, obviously, as you've kind of alluded to there, Andy, you want the Aston Villa players to go and represent their countries. We all know how much it means to the likes of Douglas Louise and, and Emi Martinez and, and Tyrone Mings to pull on their national colours. But on the other hand, we kind of have a club here called Aston Villa and we need players for our Premier League campaign. Now, Chelsea away is our next game. 
Now, I think even the most optimistic of Villa fans, of which I am one, probably would say that's that might be a, a, a tricky game to win anyway. So, you know, you'd rather, if, if I'm being pragmatic about it, I'd rather those guys were unavailable for Chelsea than perhaps Everton at home, which I think is a, a realistic opportunity for us to get three points. I'm not saying we can't beat Chelsea. I mean, we just did before the end of the season, but they were kind of had one eye on the Champions League final there. So I'm not sure they were, they were at full tilt. Um, so we, we're, we're kind of suffering here. I think Louise has been away for so long, you know, and, and, and I'm glad he hasn't gone to Brazil to have a rest. But here's the thing. We have to get our head, heads around this. In terms of Martinez and in terms of, um, in terms of the, uh, the Buendia and, and maybe Douglas Louise, their priority, I think, is always going to be the national team. Um, I saw a really interesting thread from uh, the gentleman uh, that works for CBS. Oh, what's his name? Um, Lewis. Lewis, yeah, Lewis, um, about this. And he was explaining what this means to Central American and South American countries. It's a different culture. It's something that we don't necessarily understand or identify with. But, but playing for the country is the be-all and end-all. It's, it's, it's all people think about. It's, you know, it's not like England players of times gone by who, you know, pull out with a, with a, with a sore, with a, you know, with a sore fingernail because they didn't really fancy playing in a friendly. It's a different thing for these lads, uh, particularly for someone like Martinez, who's in his late 20s, has been waiting for years to get his chance. And finally, he's Argentina number one. And he imagine he wants to, he wants to maintain that place. I mean, Buendia has just been called up for the first time but he's still yet to make a senior appearance for Argentina so likewise I'm sure he also um, is really eager to go so but that's not all Andy I mean just to pile on some more we've also got the Cup of Nations <laughs> coming up and uh, Marvelous, Nakamba, Trezeguet, Bertrand Traore, um, Trezeguet if he's fit of course all scheduled to be involved so this, coupled with all the international breaks that you just alluded to, this could absolutely wreak havoc with Aston Villa's season. And um, it's a, it is a little bit scary. What are your thoughts about it? Yeah, I mean, much the same, really. I, I totally get the the idea or the, 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 the you know, that these lads want to play for their country. They, they And they absolutely should. It's only really, I can only really think of the England football team um, in any kind of sport where international competition is is not is not considered the, the the primary focus, I think everywhere around the world, whether it's football or whether it's um, you know obviously rugby union, cricket, all these things, international competition is 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 the is is the biggest target for the, for any player. They want to play for their country. For some reason, that's not been the case necessarily for the for the England football team. Although that might be changing as well, um, just of late. So, I, I totally get it. I think my problem comes that obviously we're 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 in a di- we're in different times, aren't we? We're, we're not in normal times where you know players can can hop around the world playing international football. You know, arrive back. At their club training ground on a Thursday morning and, and train, you know, ready for a Saturday or a Sunday match. You know, it's it, it's not like that anymore. And these players are subject to quarantine, and and then you've got a situation where they're trying to squeeze as many games in as they can, and they're scheduling games. I mean, I guess it's FIFA and 
it's the, the authorities that are doing it, but they're scheduling, scheduling games that, that that then interrupt the the club program, and that that's different to how it normally is. Normally, there isn't this issue. You know, whether you whether it, it's good for it's, there's been, often been an issue of whether it's good for players to travel around the world playing for their club, their club and their country. Um, but they've just always done it, and they're able to do it, and the games don't clash. But on this occasion. The games are clashing with with club games, and then there's the quarantine as well, which is a government issue, and that's there's nothing we can do about that. So, you know, things are different, and there has to be a, a respect of that. And I think, you know, players have it their own way all the time. You know, don't they? They 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 can do pretty much what they whatever they want. You know. And they've obviously decided to go. They've decided they want to go and play for their country. Um, and I hope that if there is a, an agreement with, with Villa and with Argentina and whoever else, any other clubs, that, that that is respected and that they return back and they're ready for the Everton game. But then... If they're not... Well, well yeah. I mean, here's the thing, though. You know, that while they're there, if they have a couple of bad results and they need Buendia less so because he's not a starter for Argentina Martinez is he's the Argentinian number one imagine we have a scenario here where Argentina struggle in the first couple of games and they're like and the manager turns around to Martinez and says Emmy we, we have to win this otherwise we, we're not going to qualify for the World Cup we, we need you is he going to turn around and say oh no sorry I'm going back to Aston Villa it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing it is, it is, and I'd be very surprised, although Aston Villa have put this statement out, I'd be very surprised if there is <laughs> actually a, an actual agreement or whether it is a case of, well, we'll see what we can do. Um, if, we're, if, if, we're, if we're sort of sitting pretty after two matches, then we're, we might send them back. But, you know, I, I don't yeah. know, I don't know. We, we don't know what's going on. It's just, it's a little bit of an uncomfortable situation and, the worrying thing was that then you, you get Tyrone Mings, who's always very open and honest. You know, he he obviously felt the need to come out on Twitter and 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 say his piece that he you know it was a it was a, a good a, a gr- arrangement for all concerned, and that suggests to me that it was a, it's been a bit of an issue in the dressing room, maybe. And uh, you know, I, I don't know. Well, I should think it would be. Yeah, I think that you know you're going to have people saying you know the the the, the lads have said look we we're going to go. The club have said, we don't want you to go. Or the Premier League have agreed, no one's going. Yeah, well, we're going to go anyway. And so they've tried to come up with a deal. So um, it's it's really tricky. This It reminds me of an ABBA song, um, really, all of this. And it's uh, money, money, money. <laughs> um, because that's what it's down to. Because this is a governance issue with the bodies that have scheduled these ties. They know that the league is running, but they want to play their games. They have sold television rights across the world for these games. They've sold tickets to the games in the places that are allowing fans. And they have obligations and they need that they want their pound of flesh, you know. And that's not me um, 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 pointing fingers at the the the, uh, the associations around the world. It's the same here. UEFA are the same. They want their pound of flesh, Common Bowl, CONCACAF, FIFA, doesn't matter who it is, everyone wants their games played. I mean even last year when we had such a truncated uh, um, calendar no one came up and said hey you know what we'll cancel the Carabao Cup this season or you know what the FA said the FA Cup probably will give way this season just to give everyone breathing room no one wants to do that everyone wants more 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 from these players and it's not it's not even considered so you know the the players are 
you know, a little bit piggy in the middle here as well because they're being pulled, you know, from two different directions from their club and their countries. But the players haven't really created this mess. It's the uh, it's the it's the powers that be who have who just are demanding these games be played because that's what needs to happen and that's all there is. No one no one cares about anyone else. It's a it's a really cutthroat industry football. Absolutely. For anyone who wants to um, follow that thread, I've, I've got him up here. It's, I follow him on Twitter. It's uh, Luis Miguel Ekagari. I hope I haven't uh, pronounced that. And that's uh, LM Ekagari on Twitter. That He has a great thread that he posted a few days ago about the significance of uh, South American and Central American players going home to play for their international um, sides. Well worth a read. Um, from from the horse's mouth, from someone who's actually from that culture. Uh, if any Villa fans are out there confused or angry uh, at Buendia or Martinez for making the choice to go and play these fixtures, yeah, I think um, I I read that myself, and uh, I think it's it's, it's self-explanatory really. And, and we should all, I mean, we'd all know what if we if we were in the same situation, we'd we'd want to go and um, go and represent our countries, wouldn't we? And you know, it's 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 absolutely right that they should. But there has to be an understanding as well, I think, of the the different times that we're in, and that that's on a higher level than those players, you know, or a different level to the players. They, you know, they, they don't need to be put in these positions really. Um, but let's hope that uh, the the agreements, if there are any agreements in place, that they're they're honoured and stuck to, and and we have our, our goalkeeper back for the uh, for the Everton game, like you say. Um, well, do you fancy? Do you, well, just speaking about a goalkeeper, how do you feel about Jed Steer, Andy? A promotion hero, yes, but now it, now the rubber is meeting the road, and he's going to be our Premier League keeper for at least a game, maybe two or three. How does that make you feel? Because we, you know, we haven't signed a goalkeeper. No, no. and and yeah, I, I'm anyone that knows me knows that I'm a, I'm a huge Jed Steer fan. Um, uh, just that. Just I can the, feel I can feel a butt coming here, Andy. No, just, yeah, absolutely, but just just from that just from that um, that 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 run that that ten game run where he was unbelievable and that penalty shootout where he was, he he put himself into into Villa history and I love the guy and I think he's a very good goalkeeper and I think he's he'll I think he'll come in and do a do a reasonable job. Um, like you say, it's a hell of a hell of a test, isn't it? Because it's the difference between. Um, keeping goal against uh, West Bromwich Albion in the Championship and, and 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 Chelsea in the Premier League, so you know he won't let us down. You know it won't it's, it won't be him that lets us down. I don't think, and I'm 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 more than happy for him to 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 cover for a couple of games. And of course, that's the reality. You know, whatever happens international wise. Um, you know these these reserve goalkeepers can be called on at any moment, can't they? Um, so I'm 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 perfectly I've, comfortable with it. I like Steer as well, and I, he is a promotion hero. But I can't help but feel that I might feel more comfortable if Tom Heaton was going to be lining up between the sticks on uh, uh, in two weeks against Chelsea. But obviously Heaton was allowed or chose to move on, you know, for whatever reason to be Manchester United's 52nd choice goalkeeper. Um, which may be a decision he's uh, he might not be uh, loving now that he he could have been starting Aston, you know he could have got his place back for Aston Villa you never know but he's he's moved on for whatever reason and um, but but I do trust Steer he's a steady Eddie and I think he's gonna um, he won't let he, you're right he won't let anyone down that's for sure yeah absolutely and uh, yeah it might be uh, an interesting an interesting afternoon at. Uh, 
at Stamford Bridge. Um, but just getting back to Buendia on a on a different note, I'm just wondering, Craig, when he's um, he's he's obviously had to rush off. You know, he's he's probably had not had an awful lot of time, you know, to pack his bag and and get everything ready. He didn't know he was going, and then suddenly he's going, and he's not, and he's going. Um, and I reckon he's got to Argentina, and he's potentially, you know, you know, these players like to be aerodynamic, Craig. And he's potentially forgotten <laughs> his 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 manscape gear. He's potentially forgotten his 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 razor. His his um his lawnmower four point um, And I'm just wondering, have you have you got any solutions for that, Craig? Have you got anything? Is there anything he could do about that? I do. Emmy Buendia, Emmy Buendia, Emmy Buendia. If you are listening, sir, do not worry about your bushy undercarriage sprouting out from all directions. Don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry about that chafing between the buttocks as the hair gets overgrown and overcast because we have a solution for you. And also this is a solution for all of our listeners here on uh, Gather Around the Lamp podcast. We have a deal, which is worldwide shipping. So it doesn't matter that our man Buendia has traveled across the world to Argentina. It doesn't matter if he's in Argentina or Scunthorpe, Skegness, Peru, Japan, Melbourne, doesn't matter because you get 20% off and free, that's free, worldwide shipping at www.manscaped.com when you use our promo code LAMP. That's L-A-M-P, LAMP. So what we have to make sure we do is send your messages of concern to Emmy. Tweet him, email him. If you or a personal friend of Emmy Buendia listening to this podcast, feel free to text him our promo code and Manscaped's wonderful product, including the famous lawnmower 4.0, can be winging its way to him in Buenos Aires or wherever he might be across the world for free with 20% off LAMP. So remember, you get 20% off (laughs) manscaped.com with the promo code LAMP that's 20% off and free international worldwide shipping with our promo code LAMP at manscaped.com. Don't let your buttocks chafe with hair. Get it, get rid of it with manscaped.com and gather around the lamp. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I think I think we probably saved him, saved him some, uh, some embarrassment there, um, Craig. I'm glad I thought of it. Um, but the summer transfer window, as you mentioned earlier, has closed today, or it's closing as we speak. Um, as we're recording this, um, it appears um, that there's no news from Aston Villa. <laughs> Aston Villa's transfer business, at least in the inco- incomings, um, has been completed. Um, in the past 24 hours, Conor Hurahan has, has signed for Sheffield United on a season-long loan. And today, Freddie Gilbert has gone back to Strasbourg on on loan as well. Um, both season long loads. Joining joining Wesley, of course, moved back to Club Bruges um, at the weekend again on loan. Um, of course, um, you know we 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 did we have lost our our best player and captain as well uh, to Man City, and um, we've we've talked endlessly about about him and about that that deal. Um, and the club have brought in, as we've mentioned, Emmy Buendia, Ashley Young, Leon Bailey, Danny Ings, and Axel Twanzebe. So far in this window, um, 
Many fans, though, remain slightly frustrated and feel that we're perhaps one or two players short still. Um, but how overall would you be rating our, our transfer business um, during this summer window? Um, well, the signing of Jack Grealish to a new contract last summer was celebrated and rightly so by all of us because he came out and he did the whole PR thing my club which you know turned out to be a bag of balls but uh, whatever he's entitled to say what he wants to say and um, but the crucial part of this this summer transfer window was inserted into that new five-year deal when his uh, agent Mr Barnett uh, and, and Grealish's side and Jack himself I'm sure demanded a release clause a release clause which was £100 million, which Manchester City subsequently um, magically came to uh, trigger, despite that being a confidential release clause. They must have just guessed it or thrown, you know, they must have just had an idea one day. I know what we'll do, £100 million, that will do it. Anyway, so they, they bid for Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish moved along as he always wanted to do, um, you know, as we subsequently have found out. He wanted to move last season as well. Um, and he left. So... How much can you ever say that a transfer window is a success when you lose your best player? Um, I don't think you can because obviously it goes without saying Aston Villa are a stronger side with Jack Grealish in the team than without, you know. So it's hard to get past that giant elephant in the room which is the, the exit of Jack Grealish. So any transfer discussion or, or, or look at the transfer window has to be really coloured by that because it's not only the biggest deal in Aston Villa history, it's also the biggest transfer fee in British, um, the history of British football. You know, it's, it's a giant thing. And um, what do you do with that? Well, I think that Villa, I think sometimes you've got to make, uh, you, you've got to, you've got to make uh, lemonade out of lemons. And I think that's, that's what Villa have done. I think the capture of Leon Bailey in particular Leon Bailey is the player I'm most excited about. I've said that before on this uh, on this podcast. I think the capture of uh, of Danny Ings also brings goals. Already, you know, three goal involvements in three games for for Danny Ings. That is gold dust. That is Buendia. We just are starting to see the the green shoots, as Steve Bruce would say, of what a player that Buendia can be. So my hope is, and it's a hope rather than, rather than an expectation by this point. My hope is. Once we have a few months of these players to bed in together, my hope is that this team will be better than the one that finished last season in 11th place and that maybe we can push towards Europe towards the end of the season. So I think really the true test of our transfer window will become apparent in, 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 in later days. But, um, you know, it's, it still sticks in the craw. It's still a hard pill to swallow you know, every time I see a, 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 a clip of Jack Grealish grinning in a Man City shirt, it still stings me. And, you know, any conversation that we have has to be, has to be really couched in those terms because, again, it's the biggest deal in British history, Andy. Yeah, it is. And like you say, I think, I think um, a lot of people have, have wanted to kind of ignore that, really, and talk about um, the players that obviously are coming into the side. And... We, like you say, we will have a better idea about about that sort of a few months down the line. That it's, you know, all whenever you make a new signing, it, it's always a bit of a punt and it's always a bit of a, 
you know, a, a, a sort of suck it and see moment, really, where um, however good a player might have been or or the reputation they come with or the potential they have, um, it it always remains to be seen how it's how it's going to work in in practice. So um, we do have to be careful with that, and I suppose in that regard, it would be unfair to to judge our um, you know our window just yet in in in, in many ways. But you have to take into account, um, you know, what what this team has lost this summer, um, and the fact that, you know, there's there's no doubt about it. Over the last three four seasons, Jack Grealish has done a lot of the heavy lifting for that team. Um, he's raised the standards. He's he's um, he's in his own right been a been a, a top class performer in that side, you know, and he's he's demanded that of others as well. And it has undoubtedly, um, you know, led to us being able to to come back into the into the Premier League and and establish ourselves again. And and you know that's in no small that's it's not just him, but it's 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 a, a huge part of, of 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 what's happened. And you know, not only that, there's obviously the um, the whole kind of thing around around Jack Grealish and and the kind of you know Villa being his club. Um, and you know, as identifying with him as that um, sort of the heart and soul of, of Aston Villa um, has gone as well, and we need to replace replace all that. And it's not easy; it takes time. So, yeah, we have to, like you say, with it, with with any discussion like this, you have to you have to take account of that. Now, I do think that the 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 business has been um, has been good um, on the incoming side. Um, we don't know whether it'd be enough um, to make us better. We hope it will, um, but I, st- I still I would fall into the camp of of saying I think we're still one player short of of what we could have been, um, and I'm a little bit disappointed that. Um, and I, look, I don't know. I'm not privy to anything, obviously, but I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that we haven't. You're wait there. You're in the no, no end. Don't no, pretend. I, 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 I really, I, re- I really am not. I get, I get all my information from Twitter. Um, so, you know, obviously, we. I, I just, I just wish, I just felt like it was an opportunity, um, a bit of, you know, a few teams in, a, in a bit of turmoil. Um, obviously, um, a lot of, a lot of flux within the Premier League. Um, a lot of teams, kind of. Um, some teams gambling, some teams just not able to do anything. Um, it was an opportunity, really, for us to to sort of take the ball by the horns, and you know, I don't like referring to the net spend, but the net spend is in profit, you know. And is that that might be a good thing? That might be a good thing for us to 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 be in that position and be able to be in that position. But you know, could you have just Got an extra one or two players, an extra 30, 50 million, um, and really, really had a had a good go at the uh, at the European places this season. I don't know. What do you think? I think there's 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 a couple of things there. I think the first thing is that I think you've said yourself, Andy, and if you haven't, um, I feel like someone has. Maybe it was uh, Mark or, or maybe it was Daniel. Um, you know, we can't go around spending 100, 125 million every summer. It's not sustainable. You can't you can't do it. There is going to be a point where the, the spending slowed down or, or, or stopped, or you're looking to the youth team. 
Now, I also think that we're, we weren't, none of us were expecting that to be this year. We thought probably one more year, let the kids develop a little bit more, but um, they've chosen not to do that. The second thing I would say is that it becomes tougher and tougher the higher you climb to get players that improve you. So yeah, no doubt Villa could have spent good money on you know Premier League players like uh, that, that could come in and 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 keep us where we are. But to get the right players to push us into Europe, you need European players. European players are playing in Europe and will want to play in Europe or in order for you to attract them, if that makes sense. So it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario. How do you, check, how do you attract European caliber players if you don't have European football to offer, which is, what Villa, which is the position I think Villa are in? And it's a tricky position. Well, the way that you do that, I think, is one, you sell the pro- project, or two, you overpay. You say, I know we're not playing in Europe, so what we're going to do is we're going to put a little bit of extra cheese in your whopper here. We're going to give you more money than, 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 than really is sensible. And that is a tricky thing to do because, again, that's not necessarily a sustainable way to win a football club, to run a football club, I'm sorry. So I can understand that you're frustrated. I'm frustrated too. I did believe another player would be coming in, particularly with the exits of Harahan, Gilbert and, and, and Wesley. That's got to be a big wedge of wages there. You've got to be looking at 100 grand plus wages off the, off the books there, not to mention Jack Grealish's wages, not to mention Elmo's wages, Heaton's wages, Taylor's wages. You've got to think that's a lot of money that Villa have saved, are saving week in and week out on, on, on wages. Engels as well has been shown the door, let's not forget. So that's a lot of money Villa have saved on wages. So I would have definitely liked to have seen someone come in, but I don't want to see players now for the sake of it. I don't want us to sign Will Hughes, as was rumoured earlier in the transfer window, because Will Hughes doesn't do anything for us. He doesn't improve us. He doesn't push us on. I want to sign a player that can move us really forward. I don't even want to sign a Daniel James who's gone to, 20, to Leeds today for £25 million, which to me is crazy money for him, because I don't think he improves the team either. I don't think he's any better than what we already have. So if the players, if, if, if the powers that be believe that the players to progress us to that European stage are not available in this window you have to probably give them the benefit of the the doubt at the moment given how good they've been to us and how successful they've been we have to trust a little bit that they know what they're doing because they've demonstrated thus far they know what they're doing but that doesn't mean we don't remain vigilant doesn't mean we don't remain critical if this continues into january into next summer they're not investing in the way that we think they should or in the way that they need to to progress, then I think we can start to get, um, maybe hit the panic button. But I don't think we're there just yet. No, I, don't, I, I fully agree with that. And I think, you know, the other the other aspect is that, you know, a, a, we don't want to get into this, into fall into this trap that a player is a player is a player, you know, where, you know, players do have lists, don't they? Lists of players in positions they need to strengthen. And Villa clearly um, felt that they need to strength, needed to strengthen the midfield, and that's why they 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 went after James Ward Prowse at Southampton and were unable to get him. But if there isn't another player that offers you the same as what James Ward Prowse offers you, then what are you going to do? You're just going to go and spend the same on someone that that isn't as good or doesn't offer you the things that 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 you were hoping for from him, or do you you know do you keep your powder dry and 
and and think about January or, or next summer and maybe going after the same player or identifying someone else. So I I I do kind of I, I flit in and out. I said to you before um, we started recording. I at one at one minute I'm I, I do feel frustrated and I, I feel like this is a, a a real opportunity for us. And on the other side, I feel like maybe they are being a bit a bit more sensible and a bit more prudent. But like you say, um, we don't want that to continue. We, we you know we, we want to be able to to feel like you know if we do finish sort of mid table again that next season next summer they might they might be looking to you know to to strengthen further and to and to to speculate a little bit more um, you know but. I suppose the other, the other way of looking at it is we still have spent you know nearly a hundred million pounds on players on new players that have come come in you know and, and a really good caliber of player that you know the color sort of caliber of player that we've we've perhaps not had since Martin O'Neill was at the club. Yeah, well, I think if we look at the look at the exits, you know, in the first season in the Premier League, Conor Harahan, key player, Wesley, key player. Gilbert, uh, maybe you, he was the starting right back. I mean, whether you want to say he was a key player or not is, is, is but he was he was in the team pretty much every week uh, 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 in the first season. Engels was in the team in the first season until he got injured. Every, Heaton was a key player. They're all gone, and this is only two seasons ago. So we're we're just moving so quickly here at this point that it's a little bit dizzying, and at some point. You know, it becomes harder and harder again to, you know, we can we could find this. There's probably 55 Freddie uh, Gilberts we could sign, you know, five, six, seven million right back come in. Oh, well, oh, well, they're not quite good enough for what we need. So you don't want to sign someone like that for the for the for the sake of it. You've got Ashley Young in this season as cover. So you would think, obviously, you, you've got Kane, Kessler Hayden, who I think will be coming in at right back. You're going to expect you're going to expect you can see what they're doing kind of. It's just it's slow and it's gradual and it's thought through and I think we're not we're not used to it but I suppose the scary thing is is they are is is the squad churn that scares me a little bit we're moving so quickly that it seems like we're we're constantly a little bit unbalanced constantly having to integrate new players constantly having to look at new systems so at some point Villa are going to have to consolidate a little bit and 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 have a little bit more um, sustainability and a little bit more consistency and build some familiarity. I think with 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 the team that we have, so we can allow those players to grow and flourish and develop as well. Um, so it's a really hard thing. I mean, I was just looking at Arsenal. Arsenal spent seventy five million pounds on Ben White and uh, Ramsdale. To me, that is bonkers, Andy. Bonkers. I mean, yeah. that's that's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, there's, sorry for the dead air there, podcast listeners, but it's. I don't have anything to say other than bonkers. It's crazy what is going on at Arsenal, but this is the kind of market that you're in. So let's say Villa wanted a backup goalkeeper. You're not going to get Ramsdale for 25 million. You're not going to get. Ben White either because he's, he's I don't think he's any better than Conser for a start but that's the kind of territory that we're moving into so you have to really pick your spots it's important we don't stock, stockpile players obviously we're trusting the youth team that you know Bidace has just scored a brace for the uh, under 23s tonight Sanson also played in that game Trukamenka's just made his first start 
Kessler Kane is tearing it up. Uh, Kessler Kane Hayden is tearing it up at, at Swindon, and uh, we've got players. We we had uh, Mungo Bridges popped off to France today. I mean, there are things bubbling away and, and going on, but I just I don't know. But here's the thing. Here's the other thing, Andy. I'll ask you: if this season carries on like this, a bit dodgy, patience won't be there. Patience is already low. <laughs> yeah, low. no. It, it does seem so. I, I have to say that the the, the um, in fairness, the the atmosphere at the ground um, for the first two home games has been excellent. You know, it's been really good. The first game, obviously, everyone was just happy to be back, and then it, it kind of continued um, to the Brentford game. And I, of course, there are murmurings and things like that, but but generally, the the crowd are very supportive. The, the they're backing the players, um, they're backing the manager. Um, but like you say, you know, I'm looking at the at the fixtures. We've got obviously Chelsea, Everton, Man United coming up. You know, tougher in the fixtures in September, and you sort of think, you know, <laughs> where are we picking the points up? Which is going to make probably a below par um, August feel a little bit better. Um, you know, are we going to be kind of floundering a little bit? You know, going into October and November. Um, or are we going to hit the ground running? And obviously Danny Ings, Watkins, Leon Bailey, Buendia, they're going to be back and they're going to be going to be exciting and, and they're going to click and, 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 you know, you know, score the goals and win the games that, that, that we need to, you know, it's, 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 it's very difficult, but I, I agree with what you say, you know, it won't be long. It won't. It won't be long before before things start to turn a little bit, and um, you know they need to really guard against that. And like you say, I think I think your what you were saying before your approach of let's just make sure we're not losing these games um, and stay in the, stay in the games and and uh, you know keep the keep the scoreboard ticking along if you like, and and uh, you know that's approach at the moment till everyone's settled in. That's what I would like to see, as I said, you know. But um, but but and then you know, as soon as I saw the the Brentford game, you know, it's end to end. It's end. To, I'm like, oh my goodness, no one no one listens to me at Aston Villa. So just 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 for a few weeks, just for a couple of weeks, Dino, just just park the bus a little bit, just while we get our players together, particularly after you lose Mings, Ramsey, and McGinn before kickoff. But that's not Dean Smith's way, and that's one of the reasons we love him. He's always going to attack. He's always going to try and score a goal. And um, and 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 you know you, you have to kind of admire that because he is he's nothing nothing if not brave. I think as well you mentioned um, you know something obviously uh, you mentioned Morgan Sanson coming back into the the playing for the under twenty threes tonight. We all obviously know that that he was signed um, probably six months early to get embedded in. He's had a rough ride with injuries, so he's probably not played. He's played nowhere near the amount of games that we we'd hoped he might. Um, but he's coming back, so he's he's another option in midfield. And I think the the emergence so far of, of Jacob Ramsey, like you said at the start, he would have certainly have have played against Brentford um, after his performances so far. You know, sometimes these players are under your nose. Um, you don't need to go out and spend thirty million because you've got you've got the players already there that that come to the fore and surprise you. Yeah, well, I mean, even in the uh, the, the Watford game, um, when uh, Target was subbed at half time, Ramsey comes on. 
I was like, oh, this is this is a different team all of a sudden. This is a different Ramsey than the one we saw just a few months ago. You know, he's gone away, and we've spoken about this before. He's gone away and he's turned into a man. Then he was he was my man of the match for Aston Villa against Newcastle in a two 0 win. Um, you know, you know, bossing uh, uh, experienced Premier League hands like uh, you know Isaac Hayden in there and and, and 25 million Joe Willock from Arsenal. And I thought that uh, that, that uh, Ramsey was the best midfielder on the pitch on that particular day. And then just as he's building the momentum, just as he's got a call up to the under 21s as well, and uh, you know he's he, he's lost his uh, he's lost his uh, place because of of, of COVID restrictions. Um, whether he has COVID or, or if he's just been exposed and needs quarantine, we don't know. But you know he's he's missing from those fixtures and maybe missing for Chelsea as well. So. Ramsey is one to watch. Dino has always fancied him. He gave him his, his debut a few years ago. While everyone's talking about Chukwemenka and Louis Barry, I think you know the likes of Archer and, and Ramsey is it's, they're, they're, and, and Kane Kessler Hayden to an extent are kind of creeping up, you know, you know behind our backs, you know, and 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 are almost becoming now um, the, the 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 new star boys, if you like. I think I think that's right, isn't it? And they've they've kind of developed that proper men's football experience while we've been kind of more focused on the players that have been at the club in the under under eighteens. And I see Cameron Archer scored another excellent goal tonight. Really, really good finish um, at Wickham. And you know these things are exciting. And you know th- th- there is nothing as a as a fan. There's nothing more um, appealing than a player. Um, coming through and, and establishing themselves in the first team through your academy, and um, obviously we've had that with Jack Grealish, we had that with Gabby, and then you know it was ages. <laughs> it seems like ages since we've had um, anything like neither. Neither of those ended too no, well, not did really, they? For <laughs> different reasons, for different reasons, but but both, you know, obviously, you know, first team, absolute first team players, you know, particularly Grealish. Um, so, so maybe this will happen again, and maybe Ramsey and Archer will be the, the you know, the the finds of the season, maybe. And I, I was saying this, I think maybe as well. I think Archer, Archer, he's come from nowhere, you know, he re- he really has. And obviously, apparently, uh, Villa had a, a flurry of ro- loan requests for Archer um, after his hat trick in the League Cup against Barrow, understandably. And um, they've rebuffed all those and said, no, no, Archer's staying with us, a bit like uh, Dean Smith did with Ramsey, uh, Jacob Ramsey last year. Lots of interest in him. Dean Smith said, no, no, he's staying with us. And that raised a few eyebrows. And we signed Ross Barkley. And then by the end of the season, all us Villa fans were begging for Ramsey to play rather than Barkley. Not because Ramsey was tearing it up, because he wasn't, but just because, we, we, as we said on this podcast, those Premier League minutes are gold dust. And while we're not going to necessarily... Um, while we're not necessarily going to get the benefit now, we're seeing the benefit of Ramsey having that experience in the first team um, we're seeing it now, uh, the experience in the first team last year, we're seeing that the benefit of that now in his early season performances. Hopefully it'll be the same with Archer, hopefully it'll be the same with Chokwemenka, hopefully the same with the boys that are on loan as well. So hopefully come August uh, 2022, the transfer window, we'll be sitting here talking about how we only needed to sign a, a couple of players for big money because actually the academy has produced producing all these incredible stars. Our new right-back is from the academy. Our new number 10 is Chokomenka from the academy. Our new number 8 is Jacob Ramsey from the academy. You know, hopefully that is is where we're moving to. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will say on that um, that, that Chokomenka was, was absolutely superb, I thought. Um, you know, 
he, he obviously, had, I think he had to come off, and he was. <laughs> he, he, there were a few, um, you know, just little bits of experience here and there, but I think his touch is superb, and he's one of these that that glides over the over the turf. I think he's 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 a real. He's the real deal, um, without question. He certainly didn't look like a seventeen-year-old out there on uh, on on Saturday. He was cool, cool as a cucumber, and um, and 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 didn't play it it safe. He was rolling Premier League players. He's always looking for a forward pass. We've had a lot of midfielders over the years. We, we've got one who's still making a living at Burnley. His name's Ashley Westwood, who couldn't pass forward if you if 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 if, if you begged him. They're just doing it sideways, sideways, sideways. Mark Draper used to be a bit like that. And, um, but this guy, Chocomenko, is always looking for a progressive pass, always looking to move the ball forward. And that takes bravery, particularly in one so young in his first Premier League start. So, you know, we don't want to, I'm not going to overhype him or, or put too much pressure on him, but um, I hope he carries on the way he's going. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely, absolutely. And as we enter the international break, um, Villa find themselves obviously with the four points after three matches and um, are, of course, into the third round of the Carabao Cup as well when they play Chelsea. So that might be the end of that, but um, we never know. Um, There is a difficult run of fixtures to come and players such as Watkins, Bailey and Sanson um, are yet to come back and and make a proper impact. With everything that has happened this summer and and looking at, at the current landscape in the Premier League, what are your realistic expectations for this season in terms of what, what Villa can achieve? Um, and, and talk me through that, that thinking. I think, realistically, we can achieve Europe. I think we can do Europa League. I think we can do UEFA Conference League. I believe that uh, with the, the signing of Danny Ings means that we are going to score a lot more goals. I think that the signing of Leon Bailey, I think he's going to, I think is, is going to really excite teams. I think something special is going to happen when Leon Bailey plays. We have not had a fast player for years. Who is it? I mean, is like who is a Probably Adama Traore was the last fast player we had. Um, but he was obviously too young and, and, and not quite ready. Uh, so probably Gabby when he was thin, which we're probably going back eight or nine years. So we haven't had a truly fast player like Leon Bailey for years and years, unless there's someone I'm missing. And um, what that means is, what that does is you cannot play a high line and press Villa to death anymore, which we struggle with the press as a football team because it only takes Douglas Louise, Morgan Sanson, John McGinn. If Leon Bailey's on the shoulder of a centre-back and there's, there's green grass in to, to run into, he's going to be away because no one's going to catch him, okay? Which means teams are going to have to sit deeper, which then gives you the likes of Buendia more room to play in because he likes to do those kind of jinky balls from deep and that's where he likes to create. So I think Leon Bailey's going to change the whole dynamic. Ings is going to bang in goals. I'm backing him for 20 league goals this season for Aston Villa. Uh, Watkins, I don't think, will be far behind. And if we can address some of the defensive lapses, I think that we will really become a force. But I don't think we're going to become a force until January, February. I think, again, I think, you know, the first few, few months... Keep it not. He's not going to do it, so I don't know why I'm saying it. Keep it tight, Dino. <laughs> let everyone get to know each other. Get everyone back fit, and uh, let's try and you know win with set pieces and, and 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 stuff like that. He's not going to do it, but that's what I would do until everyone gets to know each other. But I think we're going to see 
some high scoring games from Villa. I think we're going to go out and, and, and give some teams a 3 4 5 0 beating. I think also with some of the defensive frailties and gaps that we're seeing and a team that doesn't know each other, we could take some beatings as well. Um, you know, we could lose two, three, or four against the likes of Liverpool or, or Man City or Chelsea. I can see that happening as well. But I think that come the second half of the season, again, February, <laughs> Steve Bruce quote, when the daffodils come up, I think, uh, I won't say we'll be there or thereabouts, but I think that's when we'll start to push. I can see Villa having a really good last 10, 15 games of the season and being really, really incredible in that last uh, section of the season. But I think, I think in the beginning, it's going to be patchy Andy, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's 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 fair, really. And as much as I'd like to agree and say Europe is possible, um, I think well, I think it is possible. But I think it's it's going to take them to really click, um, you know, fairly early. Really, I think they are going to have bad patches and bad runs. Um, but I think if they can if they can really start to pick some points up and and maybe take a few scalps and give themselves a bit of confidence, um, you know, then they could push towards Europe. But I mean, it just feels like a long way off, and um, you know, I think we might just fall short. I, I, I'd be looking at, you know, I'd see I'd see ninth or eighth as a as a as a as a, as a reasonable, reasonably successful season now. And of course, when before um, Grealish left, I was I was very much you know saying it's top six or bust. That was my my mantra. But of course, you know, you can't you can't even even get close to that. Um, as as any kind of demand on the team now, until we know what we're dealing with, really. And I I agree. I think I think I think you you you've put a real kind of um, you know you know positives kind of slant on 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 that. You know, talking about about Leon Bailey etc. And I think um, the other thing is, of course, we do have now have two two really really good strikers. Um, one thing I will say is that a lot a lot seems to be be said about you know there's a lot of this kind of hand ringing ring going on about how do we get all these players in the team you know how do you get Bailey Buendia, Ings and Watkins all together in the team and keep it reasonable so we're not just getting overrun in midfield but that's that's not really our problem and 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 I guess as you move for a season as well. Um, the chances of having all those players fit all the time and, and available is 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 pretty remote anyway. Well, yeah, we've, we've talked already with all the international breaks, with the COVID protocols, COVID may well get worse, you know, before it gets better, especially as flu season comes along um, into the autumn. And then you've also got the African Cup of Nations. You know, there's lots of considerations. But the main point I'll make to our fellow Villa fans, um, it's time that we learn to understand that we're going to have quality on the bench and that's not a bad thing not everyone has to start every game I moaned last year when Ollie Watkins was played every minute Never, you know lots of people thought I was a little bit bonkers but um, why are you moaning about it why are you moaning about it? I'm moaning about it because that's not how top teams operate no striker should be playing every minute of every game he should be rested here he should be coming off with 30 minutes to go when we're 2-0 up but the fact that Watkins played every minute of every game was really not good news for Aston Villa Already that's gone this season. Ings won't play every minute of every game. We're going to have big players on the bench, the same as the big teams do, because we're trying to be a big team, okay? Look at the bench of the top teams. They have quality there, and that's what Aston Villa are trying to emulate. So we're going to have players that are on the bench, even if it might be our favourites, Andy. Occasionally, they're going to be on the bench, and guess what that means? It's good news. It means that we're making progress. 
enjoy it. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I I totally agree with that. I think it's it's about time we we couldn't just pick the first eleven straight off for every game. You know, it's got to be horses for courses and changing up the system, changing up the personnel. Um, you know, having certain players, you know, being able to to, to leave players out. We've we've not really been able to do that. We've had we've had players that have had to play. Certainly, you know, guys like Grealish, McGinn, Mings. They've they've had to play every game they're fit, and whether that's a good thing or not is 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 open to question. I guess there'll always be certain players that do that, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to turning up at Villa Park and not necessarily knowing exactly what the team's going to be. Being out, you know, being surprised maybe that 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 a player is 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 dropped out or is sitting on the bench or you know, and 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 that opens up possibilities. Um, as the game unfolds as well, which is which is more interesting. So, um, another player we haven't mentioned, of course, is Bertrand Triore, who um, seems to get missed out of all these conversations. But he's he's another one, um, you know, who's who's incredibly talented, and certainly when he came on against Watford, he 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 looked he looks a real real handful for them, and uh, I'm sure he'll be an asset as we as we move through the season as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's it, it it's. I think it's going to particularly with the fixtures we've got coming up with the likes of Chelsea, Man United. Uh, it, it, it's going to get worse before it gets better, <laughs> but it will get better in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, let's hope let's hope you're right. And uh, but thanks again for joining me, Craig. Um, here's to another another twenty six podcasts in a row, hopefully, and. Um, you know, I look forward to that and seeing how the season goes, and um, having our having our conversation every week. Um, but thanks for listening as well. Um, if you want to follow us on on the social media, um, head over to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram and search Underagaslit Lamp and give us a give us a follow. And obviously, head to the website underagaslitlamp.com for all the all the latest writing on the first team, the academy. And of course, the Villa women who will be kicking off their season soon. I believe Regan and Georgia are going to be um, convening for a, a women a Villa women's podcast as well. So keep an eye out for that as well. And of course, if you want to get all your Manscaped products, head over to manscaped.com and use our code LAMP, L-A-M-P, for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Other than that, enjoy the international break. We'll be back next week and up the villa.